Hey, it's Emma, and as recently as last night, I had something in my vagina. (laughs) The look on your face right now, you look so innocent as you say that. It's like shocking that I am a sexual deviant. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Jolie. And uh, I showered last night. I didn't put anything in my vagina because I wanted to wait to see like what kind of herbs and spices and uh, rocks I should shove in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you all about it. So many things you uh, shouldn't put in your vagina. Which is really interesting. Okay, but is there like is there a good list of what I should put in my vagina? What's happening uh, here? Nothing. What kind of rocks from my garden can I put in my vagina? Oh my gosh, you shouldn't put anything in your vagina that isn't like a proper sex toy, a hand, a penis. <laughs> like you shouldn't put soap in your vagina. Did you know that? Yeah, so I do know that, and I I'm like very strict on that. With Me Ripley. too. I'm like, don't ever, ever, ever put soap in your vagina. Same thing with your Nori. Vagina is water and a rag, or mm-hmm. like your hands. Like that's fine. Like it's yeah. a self cleaning oven. <laughs> I read that on like several <laughs> several different things that I read for for this research. I just imagine my vagina as like 400 degrees, <laughs> cleaning itself through <laughs> heat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, vaginas are interesting. They're uh, scary. Did you see the movie Teeth? I love that movie. That's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Vagina dentata. Yeah. Scary though. And I love it because like it is it is very much like when sexual experiences aren't things that she wants, mm-hmm. then her vagina is like, fuck you. I know. I wish. I had many experiences in my youth that I wish my vagina would have bit somebody. I don't want to remove anything, but like just a like firm like Mm -hmm. would be kind of nice like just like hey i warned you now i'm biting off your dick with my vagina (laughs) (laughs) now you're gonna get an injury i feel like what always happens is i have a topic and i start reading about it and then i just sort of like go somewhere else but a while (laughs) ago i there's a girl i follow on instagram and she posted something about yoni steaming and it just like bugged me i don't know why like there's so many different pet names for vaginas and like yoni bothers me I think any pet name for vagina or like labia just kind of irritates me. Like when people make their kids say like your your Lulu or like your cookie, I'm just like, fuck off. Nori says Jiny. It's different if they give that name to themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think fine. it's because when she was younger, she couldn't really say it. And now it just yeah. like stuck. I'm just like, all right. Ripley calls it her vagina. <laughs> and she says it in like a harsh tone <laughs> where I'm like, <laughs> why are you so aggressive? You can Chill. be nice about it. God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Yoni steaming. And I was kind of intrigued about it ever since I saw her post about it. But at the time, I didn't really like delve into it. I'm just like, whatever, that's weird. Just because I never really thought about steaming my vagina before or like thought that it would need to be steamed. I've always been pretty confident about my own vagina and it's like right. cleanliness and it's appearance. Like I never really had insecurities around it, which I, is actually like a really big thing. Tons of women are 
I mean, like for lack of a better way of putting it, like afraid of their vaginas, you know, they don't want to talk about them. They don't want to talk to their doctors about them. They think they're gross. I mean, think about all those like weird things you can buy to make your vagina smell like flowers and whatever, which right. like, you probably use that shit and then you smell disgusting. You then smell like vagina and also bacteria from your vagina just being like, well, what the fuck is this? I'm going to produce yeah. a whole bunch of more shit to take care of this. And then you smell like flowers on top of it. And I'm sorry, but if you put a floral scent on top of something that is already like scented, it just smells like that scent plus flowers. It's so it doesn't bad. replace at all. Yeah. I was never, I was never like ashamed of myself or anything. I definitely was like more conscientious about stuff when I was younger than I am now. Totally. Now I'm just like, well, go, go fuck yourself. If you don't like this, then you don't need it. <laughs> you say don't eat it. <laughs> I I said you don't need it. But, uh, I said yeah. don't eat it. That works too, though, right? <laughs> that does work. If you don't like it, don't eat it. You get what you get. And you don't throw a fit. I went like deep into Reddit of all these different things of people like just talking about how vaginas are gross, just like ew, or like I'm attracted to women, but I hate vaginas. And it's like, well, maybe you're not attracted to women. Well, it's just like, I feel like it's a reactionary thing for some people where it's like, I don't get what I want. So vaginas are gross. I want it the way that I think it should be, mm -hmm. but I'm not willing to accept that my perceptions about it aren't based in anything but like wishful thinking for mm -hmm. myself. Wishful thinking, like porn. I mean, I guess like through porn, you can't like, there's no smell. I remember being in high school. It's like, a mean diss from like a boy is like, I heard that her like pussy smells or you know what I mean? Like stuff like that is right. just so mean. Like, oh my God, did you hear that now you can get coronavirus through uh Through semen? semen? I know. I read that yesterday. <laughs> oh my God. I love how people always talk about how like vaginas are disgusting if they don't look like XYZ and they don't smell like XYZ and they don't feel like XYZ. And then mm -hmm. like, have you ever smelled someone's balls? Yeah. They're disgusting. Balls are gross. Balls are yeah. gross. Dicks get cheese. Like, it's just natural. All human bodies are fucking repulsive. Mm -hmm. We are more bacteria than we are our, our own cells. <laughs> so if we just embrace our disgustingness, like as a species, then I think we're going to be a lot better off. I think so, too. <laughs> I think so, too. But because we don't. There's tons of like profitable industries that, you know, sort of bank on women thinking that they're fucking gross and need to be fixed. Circling back now to yoni steaming. Thank God. Yeah, we're back here. So there's other names for it. Well, why is it called yoni? Like, where does that come from? Do you know? Who started calling it that and why? Yoni is a Sanskrit word that has been interpreted to literally mean the womb. It also connotes the female sexual organs such as vagina, vulva, and uterus. Well, that's nice. Okay. Yeah, I actually like it better <laughs> it now. It sounded like my grandmother. Well, that's nice. Huh, but now I see something. Yoni is the wrong damn world. Marginal Marginalization and exoticism. Orientalism specifically. Like people get obsessed with Sanskrit and Hindi and like all sorts of stupid shit and they just make it their own. Or it's like mm -hmm. yoni to or yoni to them could mean something could imply more like you said initially the womb and yeah. people are just like no it's it's the whole vagina it's the whole thing it's like well are you steaming your womb are you steaming your labia what are you steaming well if you're steaming your it. womb I have a lot of questions well no <laughs> dude but that's like what they that's kind of what yoni steaming claims to do AKA V steaming AKA vaginal steaming 
Um, it's an ancient practice, so they say, that uses the heat from herbal steam to lightly permeate the outside of a woman's vagina and allow detoxification. Basically, uh-huh. a facial for your vagina, which sounds nice, I guess. Um, <laughs> sounds relaxing. So listen to all these benefits, and I have just this like totally bonkers shit. I'll read you after this, but decreases discomfort associated with PMS, lightens menstrual flow, regulates cycle, increases fertility, helps to heal after birth, fixes tears, somehow in <laughs> C-section scars can be healed. Like What? Yeah, it, 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 it's a load of shit. Heals hemorrhoids, which I believe. Like I imagine after giving birth and like you're all like inside out down there, <laughs> that would feel really good. I can imagine it feels good, not necessarily that it heals anything. Yeah, so reduces pain from yeast infections, reduces dryness caused by menopause, which remember this because it's interesting about the dryness, detoxifies the womb. (laughs) And it's like, why do you need to detox your fucking womb? Like, what's getting in there that's yucky? Nothing. What have you done? (laughs) And here's in quotes, help in letting go of stored emotions and tap into the feminine energy that is our creative potential. What? Mm-hmm. There's more. There's more shit like that. I can't wait to read it. Common herbs that they use are mugwort, wormwood, chamomile. Wormwood, like the the thing that makes you high if you eat it. Wormwood makes you high. Yeah, that's the herb that's an absinthe that makes you fucking high. Interesting. I wonder if yeah, through your vagina you get you just like tripping out. Basil, oregano. So what Gwyneth Paltrow said on on Goop when she was promoting this whole thing is you sit on what is essentially a mini throne and a combination of infrared and mugwort steam cleanses your uterus. It is an energetic release, not just a steam douche that balances female hormone levels. If you're in LA, you have to do it. What? Yeah. And you can do it at home too, just like with a sits bath or whatever. But there's been people that got like second degree burns (laughs) from doing it not surprising. Well, I was even told to do like a sits bath after, after birth. Mm-hmm. I use a sit, sits bath like constantly after birth because I like got really bad tears. I didn't even look at yeah. my vagina for like two weeks after I had birth. Uh, well, you don't want to you don't want to look down there until it's all healed up. Good yeah, because it'll just scare you. It's like, oh my Jesus, what's happening? Yeah, no, it's what happens after birth sucks. There's a place called Amin K Birth Services in Boca Raton. I'm just gonna read what it says on their website because it really cracked me up. In the emotional body, our womb is where we carry emotions around anger, resentment, inability to forgive and let go of past traumas. It's also where we carry our creativity, self-expression, ability to manifest abundance, and more importantly, the (laughs) magic of our life-giving, compassionate, feminine essence. When our womb is full of one, there is no room for the other. As science is now finding out, our emotional and physical bodies are connected. Our emotional state determines our physical health. Yoni steaming supports the release of past trauma to welcome in the new seeds we wish to grow. We forgive ourselves and others to set ourselves free. Like, what? I also find it deeply concerning. And I find it like, I find it really, really transphobic almost how much attention there is paid to vaginas and wombs for like feminine energy or like creativity or the ability to like mother. Right? Well, and it's just like, I'm a creative person and I don't feel like any of that inspiration is coming from my fucking womb. I feel like there's one person, probably at least one person who their creativity comes from their womb, but it's literally just because they're using their menstrual blood to like create art. (laughs) Yeah, true that. So this same woman says things might get worse before they get better. She says there might be changes in your menstrual cycle. 
an increased feeling in your womb space, which sounds awful. Cramping, heaviness, release of dark blood clots, and or dark syrupy blood with your next cycle. That sounds like a symptom of something that's gone horribly awry rather than like a healing or detoxing. <laughs> right? I, I don't know. And she goes, someone went with some, this. This is my favorite. Some women will get their period early after steaming. Others will get it late. Some women may have short and light periods. Others may have heavy and long. Who knows? And I quote, just sit back, relax, and go with it. <laughs> Facts. Some people have different periods. Right? I don't know. So fucking stupid. Yeah. So I mean, it's like, I, I feel like if you think about it, just kind of like, oh, this is nice. Like, this is a spa day. Like, I want to be treated. Like, I'm sure it feels good to have like hot steam, like blowing on your vagina. And it's not like you're like right. pried open. You don't have like stirrups on. It's not like direct hot airflow, like going deep right. into you. But I mean, maybe it is because how else are they accessing your womb? I just imagine someone like kind of spreading <laughs> so open like the vaginal tract and just like directly shooting steam into it. Well, from like, what I read, it's like you sit on a little thing, like on a little like cushion, almost like a squatty potty, you know, so your knees are like up a little right. bit and then you put a blanket on top of you or a towel. And I'm sure if you're like at a spa, it's like super nice and cozy. And then like it pumps the air up. So it's like you probably also get some aromatherapy at the same time. But I saw like one picture of a woman getting it. And it's just like in the middle of the fucking spa, like, <laughs> like not like in its own room. She's just like in the oh middle of the Oh my God, no. Oh, it looks like our guest is here. Hey. Hello. Good morning. Hey. Good yeah, morning. Yeah, we have a guest today. We never have guests. She's our first guest. Longtime friend, sex educator, stripper, writer, mom. What else? What Human. Else? Yeah. Human. <laughs> cool Thank lady. You. My name is Elle Stanger. I'm glad we're going to talk about vulvas and pussy stuff today. That's right. Yeah. We are. Mm -hmm. Can I yeah. do a bong rip? Do it. You're all like backlit and you're about to do a bong rip. It's, it's going to make it's everything look magical. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking about yoni steaming. Will you do uh, just like a, a quick who you are, like sure. what your experience yeah, yeah, yeah. is and all of that? Yeah, totally. Thank you. So Emma, you kind of went into it a little bit, Yoni Mama. Um, so I have been a stripper for 11 years. I've been published nude on the internet for 15. I have been a parent for nine. I've been a sex educator uh, certified for two. I've been writing and talking about sex since I was very small. My parents found my drawings. It was very embarrassing. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm a queer person. Um I'm a poly person. Um, I do like holistic approaches to healing before things like medication and surgery are considered, but it's mm -hmm. all good. You know, science can be great. Science can also be misused and misapplied. You know, I was very, very lucky and privileged at the time of my pregnancy. I had a doctor, like an OB, and then I also had a midwife and a doula. And it was interesting because my doctor could do things like check my blood pressure with, you know, her tools and check my vitals in a certain way that was measurable. But then my midwife and my doula could find where my baby was sitting and my doctor had no idea. So, cool. you know, there, right, there's pros and cons to a lot. Instead of these things being in opposition of each other, I wish more people would kind of just research and see what has more validity. But something I came across, so I actually found a little booklet. This is called Sex Work Spell Work, Volume 1 by Madison Murray. She runs Side Chick Herbs in New York. Side Chick? 
side chick. So P S Y C H I C K. Side chick. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and she actually, I, I thought of this because she has in here, this little zine, it says gold coochie intimate steam. Um, and there's like mother work chrysanthemum calendula. And this is for the goal of relaxing, you know, and kind of treating yourself like a, yeah, like a facial for your vagina. Right. But to make the claim that doing those regularly could like heal cancer is a very dangerous thing to say. Yeah. Or remove C-section scars. So I've had a C-section. I was told to do by my doctor and my midwife, a lot of massage to the area Mm -hmm. so that the scar would like break down that scar tissue. Exactly. Right. And steaming it encourages blood flow and everything to dilate and open up, which, you know, is good Mm. for our pores. When people become erect or engorged, you know, their penis or their clitorises and everything surrounding the area fills up. Um, the skin is becomes more sensitive because there's more blood pressure pressing pressing against it. And so in a way, anything you can do to stimulate blood flow and dilation is probably good for stuff right. like healing. What I found that was really interesting that is not often told to people before they do a yoni steam or a vulva steam is if you have an IUD, there is warning that warming up the cervix enough, causing it to dilate or soften could displace your IUD. Oh, shit. So that's something to consider. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I didn't see anything like that when I was looking at like different places that offer the service. That's kind of alarming that there's not any sort of... um, And it might be on the paperwork to be fair, but I think like having something on paperwork where you know that people are probably just going to skim through it and be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I get it. I'm not going to see you. You think that would be like a screening question in the beginning, right? Yeah. Like you understand that this is a thing, right? Right. (laughs) Oh my God, that would suck so bad. You're like there to relax and you're like, oh shit, I'm in so much pain. Ouch. (laughs) You know, and IUDs moving around and coming out of place doesn't happen to most people, but it does Mm -hmm. happen to people. And there are people who I saw a lady in a forum who hers became dislodged and actually punctured her wall. This is not unheard of. Birth control, we don't have a lot of, I mean, we have a lot of choices, but we don't have a lot of good ones. One other thing on the cervical dilation I want to mention, um, if you're pregnant and you would like to stay pregnant, you also don't want to do a steam because you want to keep your cervix closed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the steams are interesting. I think if you think about it as a spa service and it's like a nice treat because you're like, oh, I love myself and I deserve to smell good Mm -hmm. or, you know, relax or whatever. You know, same mm-hmm. thing. Like when you get a facial, you don't expect to like come out with a brand new face. You know, that's like. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think some people are really, they really delude themselves. Like it's like going to the the barber and being like, look, this is a picture of the supermodel. Give me this mm-hmm. haircut so I look like her. Like, mm-hmm. well, that's not going to happen, sweetheart. You still have mm-hmm. your face. <laughs> oh, gosh. What this whole season is for our podcast, we're talking about like woo-woo stuff. Like goop. Uh, Like goop and like different crystals you can put in your vagina. And, you know, there was Mm -hmm. that whole thing with goop and the jade egg. Yeah, they had to remove their claims off the website about what it could do for you. I don't know. So after I had both of my kids, I used Benoit balls. Have you talked about Benoit balls on the show before? No, and I didn't use metal ones. I used ones that were silicone and like they came in two sizes. One was like two balls that were attached and a little thing that was like smaller. 
And then there was mm-hmm. one that was bigger and they're like weighted. And when it started to fall, it would like vibrate. And then you'd be like, oh shit, like <laughs> suck it back in. Usually it's because there's like a ball inside of the coated ball. So it gives a little rattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which some people just like to wear because it feels good. Yeah. Um, and it really helped me because my pelvic floor after having Mateo was just like, I couldn't have orgasms. Typically hospitals really don't even mention pelvic floor therapy to people who give birth. They just touch your stomach and they're like, yeah, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> Bye. After yeah. I had Nori, we had sex. Like you're supposed to wait six weeks. You're both moms, so you know. But we waited like four or something. And it was so oh. extremely painful and terrible that I developed something called vaginismus. It was mm-hmm. so fucked up. Like I couldn't be penetrated. Well, explain what it is for, yeah. for people who don't know. Vaginismus is basically your brain like closes your vagina. Like there's so much fear around sex and being penetrated that your muscles tense and you're just permanently like closed. Like I could literally get on top of Benny. He couldn't come in. Mm-hmm. Like I would just like be there. Like I could probably like lift like up my arms and legs. <laughs> Sister. But I had to go get physical therapy. Did you use the dilator? Dilators. Oh, wow. And I like got different massages and stuff. And then eventually she told me I'm just scared. And her advice was like for him to sneak attack me. Whoa. Uh-huh. She was like, it's fear. Like, it's just fear now. Like, you're totally relaxed. Everything's fine. Like, it's gone. Like, you're just scared. Wow. Okay. And he did. He just poked me from behind and it was fine. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's happening. Oh, my yeah, God. it's happening. And then that didn't happen with Mateo at all. We just, like, were really careful and yeah. resumed a Take normal, healthy, positive sex life after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lesson yeah. learned. But it's like, they don't tell you that shit, you know? Right. There's so much they don't tell you. Yeah. You mentioned, so yours, you, you think definitely was psychological. Well, too soon to be penetrated, you, mm-hmm, you believe. For sure. And then Absolutely. Like I was being so stupid. After that. Mm-hmm. Well, you were being stupid. Nobody. I mean, so the six or eight week window that they tell you to wait is based on nothing. It's just a general assumption that mm-hmm. by then you'll probably be fine. But yeah, it makes sense to wait a lot longer after penetration, especially when you're breastfeeding. The estrogen balance um, of it, I think it's progestin that becomes more dominant and turns and like lowers your estrogen. Mm-hmm. Not a doctor. I wish I could recall that better. But no, you're uh, right. And I ended up having to get when this whole thing happened an estrogen cream too to mm-hmm. try to like mm-hmm. moisten me back up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. For me, it was, I, I've told Bryson this about a million times, but I feel like my vagina has created some sort of like 90 degree turn. <laughs> it's really? just like, huh. all of a sudden, it's like, I've got more edges in there than I did previously. Or I'm like, you can't do that anymore. That doesn't feel good at all. So That's it's like, interesting. I can understand why people want to like, fix themselves but I think to some degree an amount of acceptance of like your body might not be the same and that's okay learn how to work with what you have even like emotionally we're like totally different people Mm -hmm. I mean I think that's a lot of pressure I wonder if I didn't go get physical therapy and I did yoni steaming if it would have helped I mean you know and there's also like a certain uh amount of placebo that can make a huge difference if mm-hmm. you yeah. really you know if you believe it's going to work for you that could boost your confidence and help relax you that's true so. let's see before i talk about goop stuff and other things that you can like shove in your vagina i just wanted to talk a little bit about the history of yoni steaming 
because it's really mm-hmm. interesting to me. So all these different websites claim that this is an ancient practice, but I can't really find any information about it being an ancient practice. Really? So when it had been a thing, it wasn't for like female empowerment. It was more for male pleasure. Like clean yourself so that I can filthy you up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so in 2011, The Who conducted a study on the ways that different women and like other places. The Who, the bands or World Health yeah, Organization? Yeah, no, this dude, is the, very World Health or- the World Health Organization. <laughs> Damn it, I was about to get excited. <laughs> that would be so fucking weird, though. <laughs> I know, like The Who just had a weird obsession. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked to 4,000 women in Mozambique, South Africa, Indonesia in Thailand. And in all of those different places, smoking and steaming of the vagina was practiced, but for different reasons. And in both of the Mm -hmm. African cities that were studied, 38% of women said that they did it to enhance male pleasure. And they said that it it tightens them and also makes them more dry, which I don't get why that would be positive. Okay. The problem here, and we're all white people, but You know, usually the academia and the research that we look at, even if it's 100 years older or more, it was done by people outside of that cultural group. So they're just observing and then they interpret based on what they see. So I'm not an expert on oceanality, but African sexuality, the study of it is called oceanality, O-S-U-N-A-L-I-T-Y. And even to my understanding, the framing of sex was very different where it was not so much the penis, not at all the penis penetrating, but rather the vagina eating the penis, engulfing engulfing it, so taking energy from it. Right. Mm. And there was also women um, that would engage in things like labial stretching because longer mm-hmm. labia are beautiful. You know, so it's really hard to look at these studies. Searchers that study wolves in captivity, that's why we believe, I just learned this from- an um, alpha? Oh, yeah, that's why we believe there's an alpha because mm-hmm. in nature, there's no such thing as an alpha male. They create their own families. When you mm-hmm, force wolves right. into groups and they don't know each other, they create hierarchies just like mm-hmm. people do. Research is tricky to interpret. Yeah. I think it's hard when you're not from a culture to really understand like all of the different elements that go into those cultural beliefs. You don't like, think so, so that the people from World Health had people that could speak their language? I mean, this was in 2011. It doesn't matter though. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter like how much they speak the language. It, it is about mm, living like in that culturally. culture and really enmeshing yourself in it. You're definitely yeah. onto something. Um, it's like when researcher Margaret Mead, this was about 100 years ago, and she studied um, people in, in other countries, how they express gender. That was the first concept to Westerners from an anthropological standpoint of like, multi-genders existing in a culture. So even still today, if we say, if a white person says something like, oh, other spirit or multi-spirit people have always existed. Mm-hmm. Well, they're framing that through a white per- person explaining something they learned, you know, mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, it makes sense. So it's, no, that does. I believe the World Health Organization is definitely doing the best they can. And it's more than American researchers right. are doing yeah, or like federal government wise. <laughs> <laughs> in America does not study sexuality like no, at all. not at all. It's in healthy ways. Um, so okay, you guys kind of like shot down my research that I looked at. No, but... no, <laughs> but no I have another no, stat. Let's hear it. Let's, let's hear it. it. So in in the Asian cities, twenty six percent of women said that they did it, and they said that they did it for their female identity. So like maintaining wellness after birth. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And also, um, like in Trinidad, they found that some women used herbal steaming postpartum, and they used it after delivery. No, I like your studies. I like those a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I totally get what you're saying though about well, it. Like, what about the first one? What you said that 38% or so said they do it for their partner's pleasure. 
That's mm-hmm. not inherently bad. No, no not it's at all. not. Like, there's a lot compared... of stuff that we do for our partner's pleasure. Oh, yeah. totally. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, dude, my husband just started like shaving his balls all the time. And it's so amazing. He's like, you shave them <laughs> all the time. I don't know why I haven't been doing this for you. Like, it's a pain in the ass. But, you know, that's like a small sacrifice for right. getting more attention to your balls. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so Some it's like people... for my pleasure, but for his pleasure. Right. Cooperation. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's why they, I think that's funny when um, animals like arch to be penetrated, you know, when they're mating, it, we call it presenting and people, when we get ready to fuck, we're making ourselves presentable. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind Absolutely. of a funny play on words. It's like, I'm ready. Well, it is. <laughs> I like, I like describing it more as cooperative. So like when you do something for your partner's pleasure, you're not necessarily always sacrificing your own pleasure. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I give a little, you give a little. Mm-hmm. We might not want to do this inherently for each mm-hmm. other, but if we both get pleasure out of the the like final product, mm-hmm. yeah, then hopefully it's a good thing, right? I don't love doing Teamwork. the dishes, neither does he, <laughs> but we'll do it and the house looks nice. And mm-hmm. the, right. Yeah. Exactly. There's a lot of shit that you do, not because you like doing it, but because the end result is like worth the effort. I find it if I'm out of the practice of having sex because of stress. And then I find that I do it just to like, just to motivate myself because I think it's a good idea. You know, like I think right. it's time, like we should have sex. Like we love each other. We should do this. And then when I'm doing it, I'm like, oh, this is nice. Why don't I do this more often? Uh-huh. Exactly. was <laughs> worthwhile. Totally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. You were saying something too. Oh, I was going to say that. Uh, have you ever seen that like thread starter or whatever on Facebook or any social media where they're like, oh, like what's the phrase that you like that you would hear that makes you the most turned on? And my answer mm. to that is always I wash the dishes or I empty the dishwasher. Yeah. I'm like, you did. Oh, my God. Mm. Let's, let's do this. You've never been so sexy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God. I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so more history, you guys. A lot of the salons that do this are um, Korean spas. And they're the ones that claim that this is like an ancient Korean practice. It's like a thing. And it's called chai yolk. But I looked into it and that doesn't mean anything in Korean. And I read like some different Korean reddits where people are like, what the fuck? So the closest approximation Don't use our culture for this. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. I think it might be like a Korean-American thing, more like. Hmm. Like something that they picked up here and then kind of created into their their own culture. You know, fortune cookies were created in the 1940s by a white guy. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But now it's like Chinese culture or whatever. (laughs) So same thing with this. So there's something called chayak and that's tea medicine. So that like kind of seems similar, but it's also like sort of unfamiliar to Korean speakers. And I couldn't find any sort of medical journals or anything, Eastern or Western, that reference this practice of chayok. So that's interesting. Well, I think as Americans, especially, or as Westerners, we have a history of exoticism, especially of what we consider Oriental uh, ancient practices. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Well, and especially in like the new age, the new age um, scene. Yeah, the new age stuff. And like a lot of the like yawny base, like, you know, steaming and jade eggs and all of that, it's, it's all wrapped up into that new age like idea of we we can cleanse we can purify ourselves mm-hmm. we can become better and like more spiritually sound yeah that's interesting there yeah it's like i would like to that's a really good idea maybe i can do that add this to the list of things to do but i would be interested also to see if there's any reference of practice this is an article written by Dr. Megan Sneed from Lee's Summit Medical Center. She specializes in female pelvic medicine and reconstructive surgery. And she says that there is record of ancient South American and Mayan cultures doing this, but there's no like link to it, you Mm -hmm. know? 
not cited. Cited information. I read that too. I want the archaeological digs. I want to see like why they think this. Show me the I'm always concerned when people say like ancient Mayan or ancient Aztec. I'm like, there's so much like white supremacist ideas that come from Mm. our study of like Mayan and Aztec religions and and spiritual practices that I I have a hard time believing it unless it comes from someone who is literally an archaeologist who has studied Mm -hmm. this for years. We need some cultural anthropologists on here and also right. help. Help, help us. <laughs> help. <laughs> so there's also there's also reference of this in medieval times. In the Middle Ages, they practice vaginal fumigation, they called it. <laughs> they did it for like infections, cramps. <laughs> I wrote, needless to say, vaginas were burned and the practice caused oh, more yeah. infections than it cured. Which That's I guess I mean that was a long time ago. And then the Greeks believed that steam inserted into the vagina could travel all the way to the woman's mouth and nose if she had been divergenized by way of the hodos, which I'm not really sure what that means. An uninterrupted passageway that runs from the nose and mouth to the vagina. I don't really know what that means. Yeah. Sweet Jesus. The Greeks also created the idea of hysteria which meant that the woman's womb had come loose and was wandering in her body i know it's so crazy which was why victorian times doctors were still giving surgeries to wealthy women to try to affix their wombs so that meant Mm -hmm. steel rods inserted Mm -hmm. into their pelvis and a lot of women died i believe it no, it's yeah. terrible. The wandering womb. It like, I mean, it, it makes me laugh because it's so stupid, but it also makes me sad because it's like a real thing. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Women are, you know, have been historically misunderstood. Well, when you think about it, even even thinking about some of the some of the more Western like cultural ideas around, you know, women being crazy or the crazy ex girlfriend or like, mm-hmm. you know, this bitch is crazy. Like mm-hmm. it's there there is a lot that like ties back to those early like Greek ideas about like the humors and the wandering womb mm-hmm. and like hysteria in Victorian times. Like all of that shit continues on today and people mm-hmm. don't think about what they're saying. Yeah. We did um can I plug my podcast real quick? Absolutely. My old um, we did an episode on this called It's a Man's World. It was, I believe, season two, episode 21. No, that could be wrong. It's season one, episode 21. Anyway, but it it focuses primarily on how psychiatry ignored the results that showed that many women who had mental health issues and anxiety disorders had been subject to a lot of sexual abuse from their family members and the men around them. And then when they were institutionalized, (laughs) these doctors were shocked at the reports of incest and rape. And they said they just didn't believe them. Well, yeah. And then they all were diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. It's funny because I was just reading about this maybe two days ago while I was laying in Mateo's bed about how that was because of your post. That's why I was reading it because because of your... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's uh-huh. great. I'm glad I'm glad you read that because a lot yeah. of people did. And it was it's women who are diagnosed as BPD historically are women that have dealt with a lot of sexual abuse and have complex trauma and mm-hmm. people don't know how to deal with them, so they diagnose them as that. And yeah, and then also say that they're like uncurable and you know, it's like right. the same that you live with all your life. And right. if you believe that, that's the truth. I think if you deal with your trauma and, you know, do <laughs> dialectical behavioral therapy or all these different things, you're able to you know, not be crazy or whatever. People um, say that they're treatable because we don't have resource already to treat people who are diagnosed and trying to get help for mm-hmm. their trauma and their PTSD. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have enough resources for people. I could, you and I could go to any hospital right now where we live and probably say, 
I have an addiction. I have sexual abuse in my past. Like, can you help me? And it's going to be very expensive if they even can tell you anywhere to go. And, you know, like these services Mm -hmm. aren't available to people and many of us need them. Mm -hmm. So no wonder we're untreatable. The hard part about that, too, is that because uh, historically these things have been so like overdiagnosed, people are less likely to diagnose it when it is appropriate. And when people are diagnosed, they're less likely to believe it. Mm -hmm. Except there's like a whole community of people that are like really into the fact that they have BPD. There's a whole it's a whole thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there is. Yeah. And that's I mean, I can understand like the community aspect of it. Like I'm not I'm not insane. I'm not like beyond loving. In talking about BPD and bringing it up, we've known people like this before who Mm -hmm. were very open about their mental health stuff. And they kind of use that as an excuse to weaponize their behavior. And that's Mm -hmm. also unfortunate, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I guess let's acknowledge that hurt people hurt people. And there would be a lot less harm in the world if we could address the folks who really need it. Totally. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about other things you can put in your vagina. Do you follow shock rubs on, to. on uh, yeah. Instagram? You follow shock rubs? Um, I think I still do. Uh, I A friend of a friend apparently makes those on the East Coast, but I don't know them. So uh, I've been following them for a long time because I like the pictures that they post and they're pretty sex toys and I like crystals, whatever. It's it's interesting. So I started reading about them a little bit. Similar to the jade egg, which, you know, Goop made all those weird claims about the jade egg and they got sued for a lot of, of money. Good. Um, <laughs> that I watched. I tr- I'm sorry. I watched the first 10 minutes of the Goop episode of the Goop series on mm-hmm. Netflix. Did either of you? There's the episode with the sex educator, which Betty is actually Dawson. really great. Yeah, I love her. Like that was the one where I was like, don't watch any of this bullshit. Just watch that and then follow her wherever she is. I hope <laughs> at least in the first 10 minutes, they pointed out that Gwyneth Paltrow, for all of the cures and claims she's made and all the money she makes and her expensive ass products, she did not know that it's called a vulva on the outside and the vagina is on the inside. A lot of people don't know that. You too right. might not know that. I do. A lot of like people don't know ago. that. Right. But she's selling shit, claiming to cure cancer. Right. And she Can was like, oh, the vagina is only the birth canal. I thought it was the whole part. No, you freaking ding dong. Don't sell shit like that. You know, right. And I it's one like, thing to like to wrap it up all into one thing just for your own like ease of verbalizing it. It's another thing to sell things to people and not know what the fuck you're talking about, not know the basic anatomy. Like in regard to anatomy, there was a study done by YouGov, which is like a UK thing, mm-hmm. but 45% of women couldn't identify their vagina like when looking at a, a diagram. of them didn't know what the urethra is in general, and 43% could not pinpoint their labia. Half of women also did not know that their vaginas were self-cleaning. There was another report done by the Ovarian Cancer Action, and half of the women surveyed between the ages of 18 and 24 said that they feared going to the, you know, the gynecologist and having Mm -hmm. intimate examinations. 44% of them are too embarrassed to talk about their sexual health with their doctors. Mm -hmm. Um, And two thirds of those women said that they would be afraid to even just say the word vagina in front of their doctor. That's some weird shit. There's a lot of reasons for that. There's a lot lot of of deep seated shame. Oh yeah. Well, there's a lot of doctors that shouldn't be practicing actually because of the way they frame things and the lack, Mm -hmm. their own lack of knowledge. I heard from a lady who said that she was having chronic discharge and wasn't sure if it was BV or um, she'd gotten screened for STIs and they were negative. And he shamed her about having sex. He said something about maybe, oh, maybe she should have sex with her boyfriend more and her vagina would be healthier. Wow. (laughs) 
She said he also. Wow. Yeah. So, um, but I said, did he ask you like, you know, about your diet, like any medication you're on? Maybe it's your detergent, any sex toys, any lube you could be using. Is it your condoms? Are you allergic to your partner's Mm -hmm. semen? He didn't ask her any of that. He was just like, well, I think maybe your vagina just could get some like, you could kind of air it out. You should fucking get some work work. (laughs) So she wrote to me. She's like, I feel shamed and I kind of feel like more confused than before. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't blame you. So I am not in the sex industry, but I do work with a lot of sex workers as Mm -hmm. a professional cuddler, which I'm not Mm -hmm. able to do right now, obviously. Thank you for your service. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, But one of the things that I've noticed the most is having to tell people like, just like an accountant can be bad at their job, Mm -hmm. just like a teacher can be bad at their job, doctors can be bad at their Mm -hmm. job. So if you go to someone and they make you ashamed of yourself and you haven't like murdered or raped somebody... Then maybe you should find a different doctor and report them. Yeah, it's. I understand why people don't know what their options are because they're like, "Is this normal? They're supposed to be the expert, you know." Mm-hmm. Here's this right. power discrepancy. And I think that this is why people seek these alternative treatments. You know, yeah. it's like my doctor makes me feel like shit. I don't want to talk about this. I'm just going to go to a spa where I don't even have to say vagina. I can say yoni. I can say V steam, and mm-hmm. everything will be fine. I don't need to talk to anybody. I'm pampering right. myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a sexting client who said that um, he was really ashamed of his penis for a long time because he overheard a nurse when he was in the hospital as a child say that his penis was unusually small for a boy of his age, which is like Jesus Christ. unnecessary comment to make. Why would you yeah. even bother? I know. Who the fuck cares? God. I know. Does it work properly? That's <laughs> fine. Can you pee out of it? Yeah. yeah. Can you pee? Is it is it like rotting off your body? Then you're okay. Yeah. It sucks. It's like those things, I mean, that end up being such a big deal, like these little moments of shame that like mm-hmm. fuck us up as people. Mm-hmm. So we've identified a lot of problems. I like to try to think of at least one or two suggestions. I mean, we all need to advocate for better, inclusive, and comprehensive sex education, like for our kids too, mm-hmm. you know? And what that can look like, if you're a sex positive parent, honestly, when you hear that your kid is, you know, when they say, hey, I'm learning about this, or you get a letter that your kid's going to start taking sex ed, thank the school and mm-hmm. ask them how inclusive and comprehensive it is, because they're going to get a lot of hate mail yeah. <laughs> for any other parents hearing this. Mm-hmm. You know, people need to be reinforced that what they're doing is right. And more parents okay. complain. Do you have any resources that you would be able to share as far as like either resources for just people learning more about their bodies or learning yeah. how to talk about sex and and human bodies with their kids? Oh, yeah. So parenting specifically, a good one for younger kids and really anybody. Teenagers will probably think it looks too juvenile, but scarletteen.com. So one word. S-C-A-R-L-E-T-E-E-N.com. They're not an org, but they link to a ton of great resources. And um, it's just a really like reader-friendly, no bullshit information. Our Bodies Ourselves is a longstanding series. Uh, There is Sex is a Funny Word, which is good for like five, six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds. Talks about all kinds of things, gender, consent. Speaking of five-year-olds and sex, my my kids do baths together. Yeah. Which is very cute, and Mateo is very much interested in his penis right now, and mm-hmm. likes to pull on it a lot in the bath. And he got mm-hmm. a little baby boner, and Nori starts cracking up. She goes, "Mama, Mateo can make his penis change sizes." And just starts cracking <laughs> up, and I'm trying to keep oh it together. Oh my god, that's so cute! <laughs> just like he can. Penises are yeah. cool. 
Yeah, physical manipulation. Like, I mean, that's not unusual. (laughs) Yeah, no, erections. Cute and funny. Mm -hmm. Well, don't they get erections in the womb? They can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Taylor's always yeah. pulling on his dick and he's uncircumcised, so it's a little bit awkward for me sometimes seeing like the head of his penis. I'm like, ah. It's like, hey, listen. You're like, just, I don't know. Wash your, like, just wash your like hands said. before you touch anything, please. Because, yeah. Like, let's, just, let's just keep hygiene. I definitely yeah. had that conversation with Bird in the tub, I think about six months ago, because I noticed that she's starting just to become more tactile and exploratory anyway. And I just thought like, why not? Let's throw this in there. But I said, Hey, you want to know an interesting difference between buttholes and vagina holes? <laughs> she was like, what? And I was like, if you put something in your vagina, you could get an infection, but it can't get stuck in there forever because you have cervix, which is like a wall that stops it like this far in. She was like, cool. And I said, but your butt can go all the way up into your stomach. And then you have to go to the hospital. So don't ever put anything in your butt unless there's a handle on it. <laughs> She's like, thanks, mom. She's like, okay. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. But I mean, I don't know. Kids absorb a lot and she listens to me talk all the time. So if nothing else, if she's fiddling around down there, she'll be like, oh yeah, I shouldn't just put a marble in my anus because I don't want like, to go Let's to the just doctor. not do that. Yeah. <laughs> I have a friend whose kid put to like two or three different beans in their nostrils before they were age four. And I'm like, Mm-hmm. I don't want to do any of it. <laughs> Nori did that with a fruit snack. She got a fruit snack lodged in her nose. <gasps> Ripley did that with a pee. How did she you do like out? screamed and I cried? I like I pushed and then like kind of dug like next to her nose to like push it out. <sighs> and I was just like, this is hard. why we don't put shit in our nose. I put my mouth over her nose and just sucked. And then it came out. <laughs> That's glorious. Both like, of you. <laughs> <laughs> Parenting is gnarly. Parenting, Parenting is, is disgusting. Is I have never had to tell someone so often, like, do not put your hands in your vagina and then just go around touching things, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I I remember when I was a kid, I was like, I discovered that my vulva had a, sell, a smell to it. And I was like checking it out. And I was like, mommy. <laughs> and she was like, where was your hand? I was like, in my parents. And she's like, go wash your hands right now. <laughs> sorry, I yeah. tripped it. I know, I know. I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I tricked my poor mom into sniffing my crotch. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to tell her, like, it's not that it's dirty, babe. It's just that, like, nobody else wants to touch your specific bacteria. Yeah. I have bacteria. You have bacteria. Like, I don't need to yeah, keep it have in you body. involved in mine. At least give me the option. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Consent. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I have two more minutes before I have to go tend to mine. Is there anything else you want to say? Just your thoughts about putting porous, porous stones inside of your body. So the stones shouldn't be porous. Shock rubs can be good for people who have a lot of pH sensitivity. So if you don't want to use sex toys that are porous, like definitely don't use rubber. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of toys that claim to be silicone, especially the cheaper ones, are actually synthetic blends. So if you're that sensitive that you need pure silicone, yeah, this is why, number one, never buy from Amazon because they sell third-party merchants. I heard that they sometimes sell like return toys. They could. They could. The warehouse has a stock and they had a return. Who knows? So buy direct from Spectrum Boutique is a really great one. What else? Ooh, Unbound Babes is a good one. Those are two women-owned companies. Ooh, for vaginal health, something I do like to plug because I do put stuff up my pussy sometimes. Oshihana or Momotaro Apotheca, they're cannabis salves. One, uh, one of them, the Oshihana is cannabis. Momotaro is like tea tree oil. And if I feel like I'm getting vaginal irritation, I just put some down there and it helps mm-hmm. a lot. Nice. So 
yeah, shock ribs are great for people who have like sensitivity to materials that are porous. Mm-hmm. So like glass or stone could be good for you, mm-hmm. but it's not going to like inject you with healing power. Yeah. I mean, I think that they're super beautiful, but I think that the claim that they're going to heal your past sexual trauma is a load of shit. But Again, placebo probably. effect. Yeah. yeah placebo. You know, totally. If, if the, there's something to be said for ritual and meditation and self-care in terms mm-hmm. of therapy. So before you leave, do you mind just kind of plugging whatever projects you have going on right now? Thank you for asking. Um, So you can always find me on stripperwriter.com. My Instagram is not deactivated again lately. So stripperwriter. I co-hosted and produced Strange Bedfellows podcast, which you can find on Spotify, Apple. Is that still going? No, we concluded two seasons. We have 80 episodes, but the information's still good. And we're doing a after show, which you can still hear on, about all the goings on um, in the sex industries that I work in. Uh, so fun little client and sex work stuff on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows. Thank you for asking. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I wanted to ask you is if you have any resources for people to donate to sex workers, because I know mm. that they're taking a really big hit. Mm -hmm. uh, Mm COVID-19. Swap is always a good one. They have chapters. Um, I I don't believe in every state because these are all independently operated. You know, there's different reasons, but Swap Sex Work Outreach Project, SWOP. Coyote, Rhode Island Coyote does a lot of legislative and advocacy work in terms of trying to decriminalize prostitution. And then St. James Infirmary Clinic in San Francisco. Yeah, they they deal with a lot of people like on or off the streets. Um, Lastly, this one is not sex work specific, but for youth and especially of color, uh, Jane's Due Process out of Texas provides legal resources and abortion services to youth. And many of them are youth of color. Yeah. All right, and we'll put all of those links in the the blog entry too. Thank you, yes. thank you so much thank for coming so on, much. And talking with we us. We appreciate it. We thank appreciate you. your expertise. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And Julie, I appreciate you hosting these topics. All right. Bye now. Bye. Cool. Okay. What do we have left? I'll share a little bit more about Shock Rubs. Shock Rubs was founded by a woman named Vanessa Cuccia or Cuccia. I don't know if she's Italian or not. She's the author of the book, Crystal Healing and Sacred Pleasure. Um, And in her book, she talks about how crystals helped her personally overcome uh, just some sexual and emotional traumas that she had endured. She believes that by masturbating with these toys that you can balance different chakras. She feels that like finding the right crystal can just help you out. You know, it's really sex positive. I think it's really cool. It's sort of like, you know, sexual exploration is more than like having an orgasm. You know, it's sort of like getting to know yourself. Becoming comfortable with your body. Totally. Like get get to know yourself on your own terms. And I think that's cool. But there's a a doctor named Jennifer Weidler. She's the co-author of the book, The Savvy Women Patient. And she said in an interview for Oprah's website, they have a column that's mostly about kind of stuff that we talk about, like woo-woo stuff. But she says, my main concern is that even though it's a smooth surface crystal, it can contain microscopic pores that would be hard to detect. If they're not sanitized properly, these pores can harbor all sorts of germs. And if inserted, they can potentially cause serious infections. And people often do not know what sanitization is. Mm -hmm. Like... I mean, you see so many people thinking they put some, you know, hand sanitizer on their hands. They've washed their hands efe- effectively. It's yeah. like, no, that's that is not no. how this works. <laughs> uh huh. I know. I think they call them wands, the dildos, and I think that they're really beautiful. They're the kind of thing that I would want to display, and right, then like people would ask me about them, and I'd be like, "Well, this is a sex toy, but it's just so pretty." 
Right, I know, can't, right? I can't use it for that. I want to see it. Uh-huh, I know. It's the same. They're pretty. I also couldn't imagine that it'd feel really cold. Yeah, I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want something that cold mm-hmm. inside me. I mean, I guess it would warm up. So, Goop. Gwyneth Paltrow, we, what we talked about on Goop, like really promotes a lot of stuff for like vaginal health, like that jade egg in particular the yoni mm. steaming in particular that really upset this one gynecologist. Her name is Jennifer Gunther and she's essentially gone on like a, a spree of Oh yeah, of slamming I've read Gwana. these. Yeah. And you know, I think that the things that she's doing are really good because a lot of the misinformation that Gwyneth and her website are sharing with people are like low-key dangerous. You know, yeah. like if you're thinking you can you can heal cancer by putting jade in your vagina, you're wasting time not getting critical care that you might need. So I have a few quotes from Jennifer Gunther. She says, the anti-science views of wellness and the anti-science of the religious right themes like purity and cleanliness, similar rituals, is predatory. It's the patriarchy by another name, and it keeps women back by telling them lies about their body. They might be different lies, but the effect is the same. I agree with that. I mean, especially like thinking about patriarchy under a different name, it's like, that whole like, oh, like, do you have a not so fresh feeling or, right you know, like shit like that. It's internalized patriarchy. It's mm-hmm. internalized misogyny where it's like we've learned how to self-regulate mm-hmm. for someone else's benefit. It's kind of like, you know what? It reminds me of cult practices and that like they are encouraged to police each other mm-hmm. and we police ourselves just like, oh, my vagina doesn't look perfect, so I'm going to do X, Y, Z and get vaginoplasty yeah. when it's not necessary. Yeah, like, dude. there's nothing wrong with me. I was just talking to a friend about labioplasty because she's looking into it because she has um, one of her labias longer than the other, and it's not like a cosmetic thing. It's that sometimes it like pinches and feels uncomfortable. Ooh, um, yeah, but she said it's like good. six grand. Can you me. imagine? I wonder like what kind of market this is. Like, how much do women pay to fix? their vagina when there's nothing wrong with it because it's one thing like we're talking about like silly stuff that's almost like a self-care thing Mm -hmm. that people are taking like way out of control like you know like you said you don't expect to get a facial and then have a new face Mm -hmm. it doesn't work that way so it's it is possible for people to take these like vaginal steams and like all of this other shit to like a completely reasonable expectation just like I'm just like treating myself it's Mm -hmm. silly and I like it and who cares Mm -hmm. but when you get into trying to fix yourself Mm -hmm. and the goalpost is always moving Mm -hmm. that's where the problem is you're never gonna get what you want Mm -hmm. you're never going to have the perfect vagina that like never has a smell Yeah, And it's always perfectly dry until it's time to be like not dry. Which I don't even get. I don't get either. Like, have you ever been dry and just walked around? It oh, sucks. It's so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. But, it, you know, people don't know. Like, even my husband, he was giving Nori a bath and she had like a little snail trail, you know, on her underwear. And he was like, Emma, like, can you look at this? And I was like, oh, I was like, that's totally normal. And yeah. he was like, oh, okay. Like, I just wanted to check with you because you you know. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I just want to make sure it's not like a an infection. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, like no, no it's so, if totally it's not normal. cheesy, it's fine. Yeah. You know, back with what Elle was saying before about wandering womb, this woman, Jennifer Gunther, has a quote about this, which is interesting. She says, it's one of the core beliefs of the patriarchy that women are dirty inside. And yet Goop presents this as female empowerment. In Hippocrates' time, they used to think that the womb wandered the body, causing mayhem, and you would coax it back into place by putting fragrant herbs between the legs. This is the same thing. It's in so many cultures, this belief that the uterus is toxic. I couldn't believe it was now being presented as female empowerment. It's bad feminism and it's bad science. And it's not like men don't have things like this that they do to themselves either. I fully believe that 
if you have a human body, you are policing yourself to a degree that is unhealthy and weird. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's like part of our culture. Yeah. But the best thing that you can do for yourself is just to think about what your thought process is behind the things that you do. Like, am I uncomfortable with my body because someone else told me to be uncomfortable? Am I trying to make my body different to please somebody else? Right. Because if it's just for you, that's one thing. If Mm -hmm. it's like, I want to do this for me because I like it. Okay. Yeah. Great. I still think there is some value to like processing why you like certain things Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's important Mm -hmm. to think about everything that you do and the things that you like, you know, at the end of the day, if it's for you, then it's for you. But when it's, when it comes to trying to make your body something different for the approval of other people, that's when I get very concerned. Yeah. Okay. So I have one more quote from another gynecologist in in regard to vaginal steaming. And then I think, I think that we might've covered everything. So um, according to Dr. Siri Chan Kaur Kalsa of One Medical Group in LA, she's talking about how like claims of detoxifying don't have any research. She says the premise that the body needs spa treatments to remove toxins has no clear basis in human biology. However, these treatments can be beneficial in reducing mental and emotional and physical stress. And in regard to V-steams, she says, regarding vaginal steaming's proposed health benefits, the vagina has extensive blood flow and mucous membranes, so it absorbs medications easily, but there is no scientific evidence to support the effectiveness of absorbing herbs vaginally. So, you know, it's kind of like what we were saying. Cool, but no. Yeah, I mean, I have a whole section about how much the, the feminine hygiene industry makes per year. So the business of feminine hygiene products is a $3 billion a year business, and it's highly unmonitored, unregulated, and they don't require full transparency of the ingredients to be labeled. Companies don't need to include chemicals that are used in the processing. I mean, that's like, you know, tampons having chemicals in them and people getting toxic toxic shock syndrome. Or people just not knowing how to properly use tampons Mm -hmm. is another really big thing. Yeah. The fine print is so fine that nobody fucking uses. Well, and, and like what's fucked up is, you know, a vagina absorbs 10 to 80% more toxins than would be absorbed orally and most of these products really? contain ingredients and yeah, chemicals that are like mucus totally mucus membranes and it's like there are allergens carcinogens reproductive toxins endocrine dis- disruptors artificial fibers pesticide residues you know from like the cotton bleaching right. agents artificial fragrances you know like all this shit people are just like putting in themselves you know, like scented tampons. It's like, no, nah, dude, like you're bleeding. Maybe you smell. Like you're going to smell like pussy and flowers now. So right? it's just like congratulations. And you're going to get a yeast infection. So mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. See, what bothers me is not the idea that people just want to do things and like, that's it. It's like people don't know that they could potentially kill themselves mm-hmm. with their like stupid, silly little like feminine hygiene regime. And there's a woman I follow on Instagram who her girlfriend got toxic shock syndrome and had to have both of her legs amputated. And she was like a real advocate for, you know, awareness around toxic shock. And you don't know that, you know, when you pair lack of knowledge around toxic shock, lack of knowledge around the types of things that you're putting inside yourself, you feeling too much shame to ask questions, you know, and also feeling gross and potentially like leaving your tampon in like longer than you're supposed to, you know, because you don't want people, you know, maybe you're somewhere where it's embarrassing or, you know, it's you don't want to dispose of your tampon where people could find it. Exactly. And it's really damaging and dangerous. I mean, I use a diva cup and I just like take it out in front of my kids, (laughs) dump out my blood. And I'm just like, this is what's up. Like, this is what's happening. Because I don't want either of my children to grow up thinking that that's gross or weird or shameful or private. It's just like a thing that happens. Nori goes, I was like, do you know what a period is? And I was reading about this stuff. And 
She's like, yeah, that's when you're really grumpy. (laughs) You're like, yes and yes. But Mm -hmm. also, (laughs) I was trying to use the Diva Cup. But like like I said, I feel like my vagina has like a a hairpin turn at some like yeah. nothing is comfortable ever. So I've been using pads, which is helpful because like things just kind of come yeah, out. Yeah, totally. And it doesn't take as long for me to have my period, which is mm-hmm. great. But yeah, like I'll have my my pad in and she'll be like, oh, you're on your period? And I'm like, yeah. And she's just like looking at my pad and I'm like, dude, <laughs> like some semblance of privacy would be awesome. Privacy, me. please get out like, of the it's not It's not dirty and I want you to understand what it is, but also but it's just like, a privacy thing. I mean, I'm the kind of person that pees with the door open. <laughs> well, know, I do. Like, like I, I never used to, but like, yeah, now that I have a kid, I'm just like, well, fuck it. She's going to come in anyway. Mm-hmm. I might as well just leave the fucking door open. But yesterday I was like pooping and I said, can you just get out of here? Mm-hmm. Can you leave? I know. I have a funny picture of me nursing Mateo while I'm pooping. He's like standing on the ground. I took a selfie. We're like, <laughs> yeah, I hate my life. But it's like, I never want Ripley to think that having a period is dirty. And I'm very lucky. Like when I got my period, I got my period when I was 10 because I had been on steroids for Mm. asthma. Unfortunate, not the Mm -hmm. best time to have your period, but you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm very lucky that my mom like went to the store, got me pads, got me ice cream. And she was like, you're a woman. You're becoming a woman. Like, it's a wonderful thing. So I, I never had That's any shame good. about my period. The, the only thing that I had shame around was like going to school and potentially like having to talk to people about my period. Mm, yeah. So it's like it wasn't an internal shame. It was like, I don't want to be fucked with. Mm-hmm. And I never want Ripley to ever have to do any of that shit. I don't want her to ever feel guilty about what her body does. Like Mm-mm. if you have a period, you have a period. Yeah, it's part of being a woman. <laughs> yeah, that's it. yeah. Well, it's part of having having a womb, True. having a uterus. That's the right thing to say. You're totally right. <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah. think like trans inclusive. Yeah, trans inclusive. Mm-hmm. I think the more we we talk about just normal body stuff, and that goes for guys too. Just saying, you know what, guys, when you're growing up, you might have boners at awkward times. Mm-hmm. It's not your fault. Mm-hmm. There's nothing dirty about you. There's nothing weird about you. You're going to think about sex and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And even if you're not thinking about sex, like maybe maybe your shorts are rubbing you the right way or, you know. Exactly. You like there's nothing wrong with any of this. We're humans. Mm-hmm. Humans are all equally disgusting. So let's just be disgusting with each other. <laughs> yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the moral. That's the takeaway. We got it. Is that the takeaway today? Mm-hmm. We're all disgusting. Let's be disgusting together. Mm-hmm. I liked this episode. Me too. It was nice having a guest. That was fun. My next episode is going to be about demons and exorcisms. (laughs) It's going to be entirely Rammstein. I'm excited. Nothing else. Um, But yeah, I think it's really, it's really fascinating. And I've been learning a lot of really disturbing things about exorcisms and mental illness and... Mm demon possession and all of that i'm excited so, it's gonna be a good one yeah it's gonna be fun and awesome spooky. yeah you're a spooky girl i know spooky spooky mama so yeah you have been listening to i read a thing we make these podcasts uh wait 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 let me restart that because I had no idea where I was going with it. <laughs> we do podcasts. We make a podcast. Please listen. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you have been listening to I Read a Thing. 
We release new episodes every Friday, and you can find us on iReadAThing.com, where you can also find complete show notes, which will include the links to everything that we talked about today. Mm-hmm. So please look for us there. You can also find us wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. We appreciate guys. it. We do. <laughs> All right. Bye. See ya.